All right, Luke chapter 17, we are in a series called We, and it is all about relationships. I pray it's been a blessing so far. Uh, Couldn't be with you last week in person, but you got me on the screen, and I'm so grateful to be back. I was preaching last week in Cincinnati, Ohio, uh, for our dear friend Marcus Meekum, and I just saw an awesome move of God. About 300 people came to Christ last week at those services. And so it was great. Um, can't wait. Uh, we've had Marcus here before. He'll be back in September again uh, to minister to our church. And so excited about that. But no place like home. Glad to be home. And uh, this is Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17. Uh, Jesus says to his disciples, this is a very amazing statement. It is impossible that no offenses should come. So Jesus says, guys, in this life, there's, there's, you're going to get offended. People are going to be offensive. There's, it's just going to happen. It's just, it's going to happen. It doesn't matter how much faith you have. It doesn't matter how isolated you live. It's going to happen because people are people. So now he goes on in verse 4 to say, if someone sins against you even seven times in a day and seven times in a day returns to you saying, I repent, you shall forgive him. Now, I love the apostles' response. They, they hear what Jesus is saying about offense and forgiveness and they say, Lord, increase our faith. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? <laughs> That, 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 that is the prayer. If you're married, you need to be praying that prayer. Lord, increase my faith. If, if, you know, you, if, if you're working, if, if you're around other people, you need to be praying, Lord, increase my faith. If, if you, if you want to go to a church and be around people, you need to be praying, Lord, if I'm going to be your pastor, <laughs> you better pray, Lord, increase our faith. Because the reality is, is that offenses will come, issues will come. And I, I love that the disciples were, were smart enough to go, oh, this is a faith issue. Yeah, yeah. And so I want to preach about that today, the faith to forgive, faith to forgive. Everybody out loud say, Lord, Lord increase, my faith. increase my faith in Jesus' name. In Jesus name. Amen. 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 Uh, we all desire to be loved and therefore we all fear rejection. We all desire to be loved, and therefore, we all fear rejection. Since love is one of our greatest needs, and rejection is one of our greatest fears, unforgiveness becomes one of our greatest temptations. Can we just start strong right off the bat? Amen. Amen. So, so this is all of us. Love is one of our greatest needs. and Therefore, rejection is one of our greatest fears. And this, this means that unforgiveness is going to become one of our greatest temptations. Why? Because unforgiveness gives us some sense of control. It gives us some sense of I've got something on. They hurt me. But now emotionally, I'm going to take control. Uh, I lost control when they hurt me. I'm going to take control back by holding something against them. But 
the reality is, is that when we do not forgive, we actually lose control and give up control. You are never more out of control than when you are walking in unforgiveness. And you never have more authority in your life than when you do forgive. And that feels so opposite, so upside down, so the opposite of of what we think of in the world system. So look what the writer of Hebrews says, strive for peace with everyone and for the holiness. Now this is really amazing because the ESV gets this better than anyone. Most people, if if you're a church person, you've heard Hebrews 12, 14, without holiness, no one will see the Lord. And that becomes a a little proof text. The reality is, is that it's part of a greater thought. Strive for peace with everyone and holiness with everyone. Did you catch that? For the holiness. So I need to have peace with you and I need to have holiness with you. I need to strive for peace in my relationships and holiness without, uh, with my relationships because if I don't, I won't see God. I won't see what God's doing and I won't see God in you and I won't see you in the image of God and I won't see the work that God is doing. So I have to strive for peace with everyone and for the holiness. Now now see to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, that no root of bitterness spring up and causes trouble. By it many are defiled. Okay, so now unforgiveness and forgiveness becomes a big issue. Watch this, because it becomes a root issue. Unforgiveness is never surface. Unforgiveness is never surface. Bitterness is never surface. And here's what we know about roots. Roots create fruit. In the, in the Greek language, this bitter root literally means a bitter root that creates bitter fruit. And the word bitter here is poison. So it's, it is a poisonous root that is creating poisonous fruits. So first it says no one will see the Lord. That means that bitterness and unforgiveness is always going to affect my vision. Two, it says it will defile many. That means that bitterness and unforgiveness affects every relationship. If if you're married right now for for the second time, if, if you've been remarried, you better listen to me. You have to forgive your former spouse. You have to. You have to. For your marriage sake, you have to. Why? Because if, if you don't forgive them, you'll take it out on them. Whatever you don't forgive in your ex, you'll take out on your next. Because <laughs> it'll defi- defile many. Sir, if you don't forgive your mother, you'll always resent your wife. Ma'am, if you don't forgive your husband, you'll always, I mean, your father, you'll always resent your husband. Because it's defiling many. See, the, the greatest lie of the devil about unforgiveness is this can be our little secret against that person. 
And the reality is the devil will never be satisfied with you hating one person. Just like God would never be satisfied with you just loving one person. Well, I love them, but I hate everybody else. No, God goes, no, 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 you're going to love everybody. Well, in the same way, the enemy's never satisfied with you just being bitter with one person. Therefore, it, it creates a root system that affects every relationship. Wow. That's good. Whew, so um, this word poison or bitter um, literally means poison, attitude, and spirit. Wow. So it is a bitter root that is creating a bitter attitude and spirit. In other words... It's everything. It's how you see everything. It's how you feel everything. It's how you see everything. It's how you respond to everything. Once you have a bitter root, it doesn't just affect your relationship with that person. It, it just affects, it becomes your attitude. And you live with this gnawing frustration, this gnawing offense and again, you, you think that you feeling it is justified and maybe even righteous. And you know what I was thinking about with, with me? I, I've got some food allergies. I, I can't eat lobster. Pray for me. And I can't eat kiwi. Pray for me. So I love kiwi and I love lobster and I can't eat them. If I do eat them, I won't die. But I'm going to be really, 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 really uncomfortable. And I'm going to break out. My, thro my throat's going to close. My eyes are going to get puffy. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break out all over my body. I'm not going to die. But it, it's going to affect everything about my life. You know, offense is like eating something you're allergic to. It, it, it may not just outright kill you. But it will affect. And then we end up living with that rash and that closed throat and those puffy eyes and that. And we just tell ourselves this is normal. And God goes, no, 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 you don't have to. You don't have to keep eating that bitter. You don't have to keep drinking that poison. All right, so I think y'all are probably thinking what the disciples are thinking. Lord, increase my faith, Jesus. So let's talk quickly about what forgiveness is and is not. Forgiveness is letting go. This, this word forgive literally means to release or to let go. The moment a pain happens, Nadia is right here on the front row. She offends me. And the moment she offends me, I can either grab a hold of it or I can let it go. It's up to me. She may know she offended me. She may not know she offended me. That doesn't actually matter. What matters is do I hold on to it or do I release it? Didn't say that's easy. Didn't say that happens in a second. Didn't say that you just need to, you just need to pray glory to God and speak the word glory to God and you'll be over it. No, it, it might be hard, but do I hold on to it or do I let it go? Forgiveness means trusting God, not myself. Like, God, God's going to take care of it. I can't take care of it. For some of y'all, if you take care of it, you're going to jail. <laughs> Forgiveness is choosing my future. 
Can't do anything about the past. Can't do anything about the pain that happened. But I can do something about what I do next and where I go next. Cannot change what happened to me. Can change. Can decide what I do next. Forgiveness has nothing to do with the past. Everything to do with the future. I did not choose what happened. But I can choose what happened. Forgiveness is not being a doormat. Amen. Forgiveness is not accepting abuse. Well, I guess I need to stay with him because the Lord wants me to forgive. No, yeah, you can forgive at another house with a restraining order. Okay. Forgiveness is not putting your children in, in danger. Forgiveness is not being around people that make you feel less than. Forgiveness is not staying around a friend group that you know is gossiping about you. Forgiveness is, okay. Forgiveness does not always lead to the restoration of a relationship. Okay. Forgiveness always leads to closure, but not always restoration. So I want closure, but it doesn't mean that I might forgive you and block you. I might have to forgive you and unfollow you. I might have to forgive you and restrict your access to my social media accounts. I might have to forgive you and change my phone number. I might, I might forgive you, but if I see you in public, I still might not go say hi to you because that might still be too painful. So I see you and I praise God. Lord bless them. Amen. And I'm going to go this way. And it, so it doesn't always lead to the restoration of the relationship, but it must always lead to closure. There's a difference. Okay. So I just want you to hear that because when we talk about forgiveness, we're not, we're not talking about accepting abuse from others. What, what we're saying is what you did is wrong, what happened was painful, but I can't hold on to it forever. Because I refuse to give your decision that much authority in my life. Number one, forgiveness keeps my eyes on Jesus. Why is, why is forgiveness so important? Because the first thing, it just, it's going to absolutely lead me and guide me and cause me to keep my eyes on Jesus. Colossians chapter 3 verse 13. Make an allowance for each other's faults. That just means get ready. People are going to... Be at fault at times. You're going to be at fault at times. Like prepare for it. Budget for it. You don't go to Ruth's Chris with $5. Right? You don't go to Disneyland with 20 bucks. Am I making sense? You got you to gotta budget for where you want to go. In relationships, you're going to have to make allowance. You're going to have to prepare. And forgive anyone who offends you. Sometimes they know they did it. Sometimes they don't. Either way, you have to forgive. Remember, now here's the key. Remember, the Lord forgave you. So you must forgive others. So because of what Jesus did for me, I now give away what I've received. Notice that the key, the power, the way of forgiveness is in remembering 
what Jesus did. Not forgetting what they did, remembering what he did. Not forgetting what they did to me, remembering what he did for me. So I have to believe that God has forgiven me. Because if I believe that God is against me, I'll never be for you. Why would I ever give you grace if I'm not getting grace? I give, I give away now what I've received. If any of you come up to me after service, any of you, doesn't matter how much I love you, know you, don't know you, anything. If any of you come up to me after service and say, Jabin, I need a million dollars, kind of a million dollars. I'm going to say no before I even blink, just no. <laughs> Y'all want to know why? Because I don't have it. I don't have it. I don't have it. I don't have it. And I, and I cannot give what I do not have. So how can God demand that I forgive you? Because he's given me forgiveness. And because I have it, I must give it. So it is not forgive and forget. That's a myth. It is remember and forgive. I look at what Jesus has done and I forgive. I cannot forgive you till I know I'm forgiven. But the moment I know I'm forgiven and I receive his forgiveness for me, I can now give away what I've received. Two, forgiveness shuts the door. Forgiveness shuts the door. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 26. In your anger, do not sin. So let's just pause for a moment. The Apostle Paul just said there is a difference between being angry and sinning. It's okay to be angry. Emotions are a gift from God. The moment anger becomes a sin is when it leads. Now, every, every man in the room, look at me, every man in the room real quick. We, we struggle with anger. It's okay to be angry. God, God you don't come to, to Jesus and come to church and get soft. It's okay to be, it's okay to have the emotions that you have. Just in your anger, don't sin. Men, don't use anger as a weapon against your family. I got one amen. I don't know who you were, but thank you for, thank you. I got one. See, I can come home from work and I can huff and puff and blow the house down. Because I'm bigger than my wife and I'm bigger than my daughter. And I, can, and I can use anger as a weapon. Oh, I might not do it by throwing plates and cursing. I might do it by just sitting and sulking. And I just weaponized an emotion. I, I, God gave me the emotion and then I weaponized it against my family. I hope you're glad you came. Now that's true with joy. That, I mean, that's true with like happiness. That's true with like any emotion. 
Just don't weaponize it to manipulate. Never, never use sadness. Don't weaponize it. It's okay to feel sad. It's okay to feel happy. It's okay to feel angry. It's okay to feel passionate. It's okay, whatever it might be. Just don't use it to manipulate others. Don't let it rule you. And do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. What, is, what does that mean? Does that mean that everything is always going to be perfectly resolved before you go to bed? Of course not. It means that in your spirit, in your heart, you're going, God, I want resolution. I want peace. We're still cooling off and working it out, but, but we're, in, we're, we're going in the right direction. Does that make sense? Okay, so my wife and I don't always go to bed with everything perfectly resolved. We go to bed with a heart that says, we actually want to get some sleep, cool off, get some rest, because we're on the, we're on the journey in the right direction. Does that make sense? Here's why it's so important, because Paul now says, because if you don't do this, you're going to give the devil a foothold. Foothold means a dedicated space, place, and opportunity. Oh, my God. When anger rules my heart, I give the devil a space, place, and opportunity in my life. So one of the greatest acts of spiritual warfare that I can do is actually just walk in unforgiveness and freedom from anger. Pastor, pray for me. The devil's after me. Have you forgiven? Pastor, I think I have a demon. Have you forgiven? Pastor, I feel like there's something weird in our house. Have you forgiven? Start there. Because if I pray for you and you haven't dealt with the anger, the enemy still has a space, place, and opportunity. Now, here's what's amazing. Paul calls him the devil. He doesn't say Satan. He doesn't say the enemy. He doesn't say prince of darkness. He doesn't say Beelzebub. He doesn't say... He says, he doesn't say Lucifer, he says the devil. Devil means slanderer. It's a Greek word, diablos. Slanderer, accuser, author of evil, estranging man from God and each other. If I could say it like this, the devil is the speaking manifestation of Satan. Like Jesus is the word. If God's talking, he's talking through Jesus. Well, when the devil's talking, he's talking through Diablos, devil. And when you give the devil a space, place, and opportunity, he's going to slander, accuse. He's going to author. He's going to write stories of evil. When you go to bed with unforgiveness, you will be counseled by the devil in your sleep. So God's promising you Acts 2, dreams and visions, that you could go to bed and God could talk to you. But if I go to bed in anger and unforgiveness, I shut the door on God's voice and I open the door to my enemy's voice who is authoring evil, 
who is slandering and accusing, estranging me, separating me from God and man. When I walk in unforgiveness, I will end up taking on the opinion of the enemy about that person. So when I don't forgive Shannon and I go to bed with unforgiveness, I wake up with the enemy's opinion about her. Because I let him, I gave him a space, a place, and an opportunity to slander her. And so now I see her not through the eyes of Jesus. I see her not through the blood. I see her not through grace. I see her not through my own love for her. I see her now through the hatred of the enemy. And this, this starts happening day after day after day, week after week after week, month after month after month. And all of a sudden you look at your spouse and go, we've grown apart. Irreconcilable differences. We can't stay married. And what really happened is I gave, I gave my wife's enemy a voice in my heart. So I better do some warfare before I go to bed at night. That's why it's hard to pray with your spouse before you go to bed. Because what you, you want to just roll over and TikTok and be mad at them and pass gas, come on somebody, and just be, and turn on your show and turn on the TV and you wonder why you wake up further apart. You wonder how you got one butt cheek hanging off a king-size bed going. And you wonder why it's colder the next day. And you thought, well, maybe if I just get a good night's sleep, it'll be okay. And you wonder why it keeps getting colder and colder. Because you, you, before you go to bed at night, I know this is hard, but let me talk to the men again. Sorry, guys, I've been all over you. I'm sorry. But guys, you got to grab your wife's head, even if you don't look at her and go, Lord, you know we mad. But devil, get out of our house in the name of Jesus. We're going to make it. God's going to do a miracle. God, help us to forgive. We shut the door on the devil. Devil, you don't have place. Devil, you don't have space. Devil, you don't have an opportunity. I refuse to believe the author of evil about my wife in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, we invite you. I love you. I love you too. Good night. And then you go to bed. And you wake up the next morning with a new grace, new mercy, new ideas, fresh strategy. And you go, okay, we're going to make it. We're going to make it. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. I'm going to preach. So the accuser of our brothers and sisters, that's the devil. Look what he does. He accuses them before God day and night. Just understand that's just how the devil works. Day and, he just never stops talking, never stops talking, never stops talking. So I have to speak a contradictory word over my life, over my marriage, over my family, over my future, over my relationships. Offense is a moment. Offended is a decision. And I can't live offended with one person because if I live offended with one person, I will eventually live offended with all people. Lastly, I got to end. Come on, team. Forgiveness sets me free. 
Forgiveness sets me free. To forgive is to set a prisoner free only to discover that prisoner was you. The, the, I heard a preacher say this week, he said, the greatest form of self-love, he goes, people always want to talk about self-love, 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 self-love. He goes, the greatest form of self-love is forgiveness. <laughs> like, you want to take care of yourself? You want to take care of your soul? You want to take care of your mindset? Forgive. <sighs> forgiveness sets me free. Forgiveness may not change them, and it may not change our relationship. It's going to change me. Because it's going to pluck out that bitter root. It's going to pluck out that junk in me that's trying to create bitter fruit. So how do I forgive? Go ahead, somebody play. How do I forgive? Sorry, I didn't know you guys were up here. Sorry. <laughs> how do I forgive? Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reference Luke 27 through 37, but don't... Um, we're not going to read all those verses. But here's the gist in 10 verses. Number one, pray for your enemies. It is impossible to hate someone that I'm praying for daily. Jesus goes, you got an enemy? Yeah, I got an enemy. Pray for him. Pray for him. Speak God's blessing over them. Pray, pray for God to do a work in there. Pray for them. That, that offense cannot last when I'm praying. Secondly, he says, and, and then bless those who curse you. Here's what that means. Don't pray one thing and then say another thing. <laughs> right? There, there, a lot of us pray ourselves into victory in the prayer closet and then we talk ourselves right back into defeat the moment we walk out. Amen, Pastor Javen. Amen, right? We say one thing in prayer, but then we say another thing outside of prayer. So, so Jesus says, first, pray for them. Secondly, bless them. What, is that, what does that mean? That means if they come up in conversation, you just speak life. How are you doing with that? God's moving, trusting God. I'm forgiving. God's doing a work in my life. I'm, I'm, I'm praying for them and I'm praying for me and I'm trusting God. Just, just bless. Speak life, not death. Um, thirdly, treat others how you want to be treated. Remember you will need forgiveness too. Go ahead, give me an amen. It's all right. Give me an amen. You're going to need it. You're going to make mistakes too. So I might, I might as well give grace because one day I'm going to need it. Might as well be gracious because one day I'm going to need it. Might as well be kind. One day I'm going to need it. So I pray, I speak, I bless, and then I, and then I treat others the way I would want them to treat me. And if, if you'll work this little formula in those 10 verses, you could read Luke chapter 6 later, that forgiveness will start to flow. Today, 
today you're inspired, today you're convicted, today you're going, I know I need to forgive so and so, so and so, so. I know I got it, man. Okay. Take today's sermon, take that conviction, and then take it to Luke 6 and start working that. And some days you're going to have great days. Some days you're going to be like, man, I am free from that. And other days you're going to be like, I'm not free anymore. I thought I was free. I thought we were, I thought. So you do it again. And that becomes like medicine to that bitter root. That becomes like an antibiotic to that infection that's on the inside of you. And you pray for them and you speak less. And it's so hard to do. Sometimes with clenched teeth, Lord, bless them. (laughs) I got it out, Lord. And then you just keep moving. And you bless those who curse you. You just speak life. Remembering that you're going to need grace too. So you don't don't live with with the spirit of pride. You live with, with a humble heart. just live that way and over time that bitter root comes comes out of you and there's a grace can I tell you if God ever calls us to do something it's because it's possible but only with him You don't take a sermon like this and try to do it in the natural. (laughs) You got to be in the supernatural. You got to say, Lord, increase my faith. We're singing this song, I'm not enough. I'm not enough unless you come. See, that's the prayer. Will you meet me here again? Do that, do that line again. Do that line again. I'm not enough. I'm not enough unless you come. Will you meet me here again? Pray that prayer one more time. Raise a hand to the Lord. I'm not enough unless you come. But if the Spirit of God will get on you, Lord, I can't do it without you, but if you'll get on me, because all I want, because all I want, because all I want is all you are. So the Holy Spirit's going to help you.